Hello, listeners. Just a heads up that in this week's episode, we're discussing the 2022 film Blonde, and as the movie contains some scenes of graphic sexual assault, domestic abuse, and abortion imagery, we do touch on these topics in our conversation. As always, we strive to engage with these matters carefully and considerately, but if this content makes you uncomfortable, then you might want to give this episode a skip. Thanks for listening. Okay, so here we are, we guys. We're back for another episode of Throwing the Pal. Uh, as we as we might know, I'm Frank. I'm Tom. Great. Oh, and I'm Marcus. We're doing that, and I'm Chris. Hey. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this is Throwing the Pal, where we talk about movies. One of us comes in loving it, one of us comes in hating it, and the rest are mysteries. And we we figure mm. it out along the way. Although we will say we're breaking with format today because none of us actually know how we feel about this movie. So every now and then we're going to throw in a bit of a wild card. And throw in the mystery <laughs> pal. Throw in the mystery pal. Wow. Have this- we done the theme song? Uh, I I don't know. I can put it in at any point. It will have played at some point. Right now. Throw in the pal. Oh, wow. oh that was such that. a good that was song. Great. Well what done. Was that a B flat seven? My favourite part was definitely the B flat seven. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about it. Anyway, so today, what are we talking about? The film. We are talking about Blonde. Blonde. Starring? Starring Ana Diamas. Ana oh, Diamas. Great. I gave a bit of a, um, an accent to that, actually. That was really did you or did you just say it slowly? Yeah, I did <laughs> say it a lot slower. Uh, this is a Netflix film. It's very new. It's very recent. And it's a hot topic of Very hot topic. The internet is going... Extremely divisive. Crazy. Uh, and it's directed by Australian, written and directed by the Australian, Andrew Dominique. Mm. Also known for his work in Chopper. Chopper, assassination of Jesse James and killing them softly. Here we go. He's just read off the IMDb top four. I have. That those are his good. only movies. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> those are his only films. He has 11 credits. He has two uh, concert films he's made with Nick Cave oh, yeah, and uh, Warren Ellis. That would explain the music. That would explain the music, which is uh, wonderful, I will say, but no, we'll get into that. Um, Andrew Dominic is probably one of the most acclaimed Australian filmmakers going at Except the moment. Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann. Who, who we I have would, spoken about previously mm, on the pod. Yes. I would say probably Andrew Mars? Dominic is much more adored by a sort of, he's a critical darling. Assassination of Jesse James is one of those movies that sort of, you know, if you if you go back to the 2000s, that's everyone's top 10 list for that decade. It's a beautiful film, but we'll get more into that. He's not quite a household name at this point. No, no. certainly not. Chocolate. I know lots of Andrews, but not Andrew Dominic. Potentially yeah. on the way. Y- yeah, I mean, he's- Is I, Blonde going to put him there? I think not. No. But that's oh, we're into it already. Oh. Okay, so we'll do we? We'll go All right, Tom. Verdict. What did you think of Blonde? The love, movie Blonde, love or hate the 2022 film Blonde <laughs> with Anna Darmas? <laughs> Be less specific. Directed by Andrew Dominic. <laughs> I kind of liked it. Um, when you say kinda, that's we need a number. Okay, I would put it pretty squarely at, oh, we should establish, uh, I have a ridiculous rating system that I'm uh, insisting the boys adopt, which is out of 11, because <laughs> 11 means a film that you think is phenomenal, best film of the year or best film you've seen in a long time, and a zero is just trash and unworthy of anything. I would go a seven and a half. We established that your 11 is the golden buzzer. The 11 is the golden buzzer. Yeah. I don't get that reference. I'm sure other listeners will. <laughs> wow. He's so above well, reality TV. We above I've never even seen Australia's Got Talent. I've never even been to Australia. I love Kate Ritchie. <laughs> <laughs> I would give this movie seven and a half. Wow. Out of 11. Out of okay. 11. That's, that's, that's the highest high. rating I think I've given a movie so far. Okay. We've talked about like 
four movies at this stage. This is the fourth. You're right. Okay, so outlandish. Wait, massive scale. You're right about that. That's the yeah, yeah. I counted on my fingers. We've gone back to the arithmetic thing. You're very good at math. My rhythm's great. So that's a strong seven from you. That's a very strong seven from me. Okay, okay. and Marcus, um, I'm going to put this film on. Oh, low. I'm going to say I hated it. Okay, I'm going to say I hated it, and I'm going to say I gave it a four point five. <laughs> That's so hard. it's just before neutral, although I guess five and a half is like spot on neutral. So well, it's a, it's I mean, if we're, if we're calling five neutral, mm. I'd say I'm a five. Mm. Like, okay. this is a tricky one. It's out of I mean. 11, so 5.5 is the Yeah, let's, I would say five. I'd, I'm going to change. I'm a five. I'm already changing. I don't want to adopt I'm this swimming. 11, but we have to. We've been <laughs> we have to. I'm a five. I've threatened their families. Yeah. <laughs> so we are doing the 11. <laughs> All right. And I <clears throat> also hated it. I just, I just, ah. Uh, okay. I tried so hard. I'm glad this happened. Lots of redeeming factors, but not good, mm. honestly. 3.5 okay. out of 11. So Chris and I found out the hard way that this film, of course, <laughs> is three hours long. Let's mm-hmm. start there. What time did you put it on last night? Uh, I made the rookie mistake of a 10.30 start uh, PM, mm. and um, I saw it through. Uh, I'm not feeling great. You got here it. late because the movie was still running. <laughs> For a film that I would have potentially loved, mm. three hours would go by pretty quickly and fine, but that, that was a slog. That was a slog. Mm. Chris? It's, it's an interesting one to, like, listening to you guys rate the film. It's interesting because I find it hard to rate because... I go into films wanting to enjoy the film, wanting to enjoy the story, but this simply isn't an enjoyable story to be told. Mm, no. And so it's you can't walk out of the film going, oh, God, I enjoyed that. I or mean, at least I can't as a viewer of a, of a film. So it's, it's, a it's hard to... Story. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's I think the awful. point of the film, if we can all agree, was, was that, mm. was to be difficult to watch and to not be enjoyable. Well, it is... I think that to, was... Sorry to, to jump sorry. in. It's not... A biopic. It's not reality. No. It's based on the book by Joyce Carol Oates. Very true, nineteen ninety. So it's like novel. semi-fictional kind of like, yeah, yeah, she had a really sad life and <laughs> look how sad and horrible it was and she was depressed. And- Where do you pull this info from, Tom? <laughs> My butler's pantry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everyone your last name. Is My name right? is Tom Butler and uh, just before we started, Chris very cleverly came up with the name for the context dumps I shall give. <laughs> And it is from my butler's pantry. I'm glad we're not saying context dump anymore. Yes. <laughs> sorry the word dump right. will not be said again on this show. We're dumping it. It's dumped. <laughs> that's a radio term. That's good. Yes. Uh, anyway, so it, it is very sad. It also isn't entirely truthful, which is a lot of people's gripe with this film is that it is sort of fictionalised and makes her seem like a victim mm-hmm. uh, and incredibly depressed and she gets used for her body where she has no, like, actual authority over her own life and her own decisions. Yeah. So it's kind of, I get it. Are you saying that out. aspect is fictionalised, though? Is that the part that you... I don't know exactly what's fictionalised. Sure. But I, I didn't know Marilyn personally. I think what, what, nearly, Jean. what nearly pushed me over the edge for, like, liking the film was the fact that it was making a point. It was almost the equivalent of watching Ricky Gervais tear the Hollywood to shreds at the Oscars, mm. right? It was the film equivalent uh, equivalent of that, but the pacing was really off and it was hard to watch at times because, it, like, it opens, just for context, it opens with a really a graphic rape scene. Or, Straight like, 20, 20 minutes in. 20 minutes yeah, in, yeah, but, like, it's, I know it's, it's very saying, early in. Also, like, before that, you've got her mother losing her mind, yeah, driving like, her into the fire, and then insane. trying to drown her. Who have we yeah. got? Julia Nicholson? It's extremely the actress, I, I think so. 
who's really, really wonderful and often gets sort of shoehorned into these roles of playing she a was in- manic uh, character or a, a sort of hard-done-by-mother. She was in Mayor of East Town, I assume you are going to say. Yes. Yes. and She's, she's incredible. She's, she's like, what an actress. The yeah, whole cast I on the- I really dislike the ending of that show, and I think it does poorly by her as a character, but that's a whole other uh, day. I think she's very good in it. I think I remember it. Uh, it turns out her, spoilers for people who haven't seen Mayor of East Town, her son committed the murder, an eight-year-old. Awesome. And so the- was on my list. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's our review of uh, Mayor of East Town. Yeah. Awesome. Marcus is upset the at me. Let's play the theme song. In the past. <laughs> God, sounded um, good. And sounded good. Yes, I apologise for that. All right. Well, let's go. Let's let's go back to Blonde. Marcus and I hate it. Chris, you can't rate it because it's depressing. It is. Yeah. Plus. It, it's just relentless. It's yeah, three it hours of watching something beautiful be destroyed yeah. repeatedly. Repeatedly. It's difficult to and, watch. And I, I had to actually look away at a couple of scenes. The those scene. that have seen it would probably know the scenes I'm talking about. Mm. Um, they probably have some of their own. And question for the room. Mm. It felt a bit one note because of that, right? 100%. Did you feel that? 100%. It, but again, I think that was the point. I think this was very deliberate, extremely mm. deliberate. I don't think this was like misguided writing or direction. I think this was like they knew the purpose. We yeah, like the purpose of this film is to is to call out Hollywood for what it was and maybe still is. I don't want to be that guy. But you know, it's a dirty, filthy underworld of deceit and and strings being pulled and some nasty stuff and misogynistic from the get-go, let's say that. And, mm. and she was a perfect example of a 36-year-old that died way too early. She was extremely talented. The thing that this film didn't cover or I, I think skimmed over was actually how talented that girl was. Mm. Um, you see those scenes in the actor's studio. Yeah. And she has yeah. chops. Absolutely. It's, and yeah. they don't acknowledge it. And, and, again, very intentionally. And the scene where she proves that she's well-read. Um, yes, yeah. that that comes up a couple of times throughout, and it's dismissed yeah. offhand by 100%. the gentleman that she is. Mm. You know, in those yeah, scenes it's, yeah, it's the whole thing of like, oh, she's a dumb blonde. She she never was. She never has been. She's always been educated, well read, and like capable. Yeah, not even blonde. Everyone, <laughs> not even blonde. Artificially blonde. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, so um, Tom, you liked it? I quite liked this movie. Okay. Well, we just need to and give him give him. Give him to 10 to 15. Okay. Let's see why. Let's see why. I'll just All right, sit back. Go. I'm not a good drive by. Take the collar off. Too much on this. Um, yes. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I I don't disagree with almost anything you guys have said. So it's all about framing how much I found the production of the film and the way that Dominic chose to tell it engaging, which I did wondrously. I was taken away. Like my breath was taken away by constant shots in this movie. I was never bored by the way he chose to tell it. I can see the cynical side of it. I don't know if you guys saw The French Dispatch. If you haven't, that's one we should definitely talk about one day. But The French Dispatch very much uses different film stock, different uh, you know black and white photography, different yeah. aspect ratios, yeah. animation even at some points. And I think it's got a more thematic link to why it does that. I'm less convinced with this movie. I was trying to like piece together like, so why is this black and white and why is this colour? And eventually I just mm-hmm. went, because it's interesting. I think Andrew Dominic decided it's going to be more interesting if I'm consistently switching things up and yeah. I'm keeping you engaged. I'm that, sure he had his own me. justification. I think so, but there's it's no hard. direct through line of, oh, here's where she's Norma Jean and here, here's where she's Marilyn. See, that took here. me out of the film. Interesting. Because I kept trying to figure out why yeah. it kept changing. Yeah. And I'm like, 
I, that was the initial thought. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it's in colour when she's Norma Jean. Yeah. But then... Not at all. It was in black it's and white when she was doing place. Norma Jean. Oh, okay, well... Shut up, my brain. <laughs> yes. So there's no, there's, there's no one-to-one with it, but I did find I just that thought it was happy in colour, sad in black and white. I don't think it even matches that. I was joking. Unfortunately. Come on. Oh, really? Honestly. Was that a joke? We should have a ring. I'm sorry. Go <laughs> back. There we go. There's the arithmetic. So we, uh, we see so many moments in this film, I think, where... Dominic is using, uh, you know, and I think the cinematographer is Charles Irving, who's not someone I'm I'm familiar with at all, and it's really, really beautiful work capturing sort of the depth of black and white photography and reenacting so many of these moments from Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, from Some Like It Hot. These moments where Anadamas is so debilitatingly good in the film at being Marilyn Monroe, as we remember her, (laughs) is so perfect and iconic. I love the brief must have been, hey, Anna, can can you cry? That's so undoubtedly. We're going to do a lot of that. You're going to do a lot of that. <laughs> it must have been exhausting. Yes, I think this it was a credit to her acting chops. 100. percent And I, I think that for as good as an actress that I believe she is, yeah. the film she carried the film. I think that the film didn't carry her. Vice versa. She, without her, I would have turned it off. Yeah, actually, I, I could see that totally. But I just, I have so many. I've got a dozen shots in my head. Whether it's when her mother carries her out the front door when the house is on, when everything's on fire mm. and she gets out and there's ash just everywhere floating in the air mm. and just like the saturation of the colour. And I literally, as a, I was about to swear, Frank, but we're not allowed to swear. We're going to try not to swear <laughs> on the podcast. I'm going to use the word bloody. I bloody gasped. I was like, <gasps> like there are so many moments in this film okay. that made me audibly inhale and cats in the other room, like, are you okay? <laughs> Just like this film. <laughs> the moments where her and the guy playing Cass, who's Xavier Thomas, I believe. Uh, he's uh, the, he's the Australian fella who was in... Um, yeah, uh, he was exceptional. I thought he was pretty good. As, he's also in Elvis, actually, a film uh, we covered Xavier a little while Samuel, ago. Xavier Samuel, yeah. Xavier yeah. Samuel, and he, uh, he was in Elvis for about 10 seconds. He's one of the, like, band members in Elvis. Yeah. So he's in that. Yep. Um, he and the guy playing Eddie G. Robinson Jr., when they're driving down the strip and there's just the, the shots of all the lights, you know. Evan Williams. Evan Williams? Okay. Evan Williams. So the cinematography just, was the star for you? Is I that think the cinematography and the shot construction, the choice to constantly be like, I'm in my element, Andrew Dominic is, as uh, his ability to construct moments purely from visual, through visual panache and create that because I think he knew he didn't have a story if he was going to adapt Joyce Carol Oates that was going to be about the real Marilyn mm. and that he didn't want to, as Frank has pointed out, make a traditional biopic. God damn, I'm so sick of biopics. I really <laughs> no, don't like fair, them. that's fair and it's a trend. At and moment. this movie going... Would you like a scene with a talking fetus when she's like having a conversation within the garden? And I'm like, I've never seen this ever in a movie. It's crazy. I mean, crazy. bold decision. I didn't want that. I never wanted to see I that. Think and I think I wish they had. And I get that. that. And it's yeah. actually, I should mention, I want to mention the two baby. things here very quickly, which is you guys mentioned this is a hot topic film. There's a lot of people who are jumping on the things to do with the sexual violence and the abortions in this film and are reading a conservative slant in it. I don't feel that way, but I see what they mean. When you have a talking fetus convincing the mother, please don't harm me, please don't do something nasty to me, people go, right, well, that's some anti-abortion propaganda. Yeah. I see it more as Marilyn sort of trying to embrace a side of herself that she, in the film, felt 
kept getting ripped away from her. In yeah. order I don't to think be, it was intended as, as... I don't think so either. I don't think you sit down with Andrew Dominic and he's like, oh, I'm very pro... Like, you know, I think he's like, what, what are you talking about? It's a, it's like a Lynchian talking fetus. Like yeah, there's nothing yeah. to this beyond yeah. that. But I am also aware of some criticisms that I find hard to push back against. And I was talking with Kath and some other people about this the other day, which is should this film have been made by a woman? And I think there's an argument to be made there that this is such a brutal depiction mm. of sexual violence. Would it be a different film? Yes, entirely. 100%. Yeah. And I don't know if it would be, which is, you know, maybe controversial. I don't know if it would be a better film. I know that I adore Dominic's style and that his approach to this film as a stylistic, like, just masterwork depicting the just, you know, destruction of this girl. By the way, I'll say all this. You'll notice I'm not giving it, like, a 10. It's too long. <laughs> like, yeah. it's far yeah, yeah, too yeah. long. Yep. There are moments in it where I was just like, can we get on with this? Like, it's a bit... And there's moments that are obviously hitting their points too over the top. A They're, bit on the nose. Jesus Christ, the amount of times where it's someone just being like, you know, there's shots of her being adored by men and screaming at her and then Bobby Carnavali's beating her for being a whore. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is how we treat women in society. Yes, mm. I get it. And this, mm. the letters from the father, I've got to talk about that later and on as well, but I'll, I'll stop talking for a bit. Well, I just want to, going back on how brutal it was and if is it pro-life and all this sort of stuff, I really would have, <laughs> this is not even, this left turn. I just wish at the start they had said, not based on fact <laughs> or something, because so many people are like, I think that's what's are believing it. Yeah. So many people, I know, which really is, which is the problem. Because if it's a work of fiction and just like a, she's using her, using her as a character, yeah, it's kind of cool. I can see, you know, why it's a great film in that regard. But people are like, oh my god, Marilyn, poor thing. I mean, yes, obviously a very sad life, but this is so far to that extreme that people are just... I think because of the biopic trend at the moment as well mm-hmm. and because it's such a current thing, um, there's a lot of Maryland fans out there that went and watched this just being like, I can't wait Absolutely. to see this. This was poorly marketed. Yeah. <laughs> like, very poorly I marketed. Sent it to, I sent it to a friend of mine who I knew loved Maryland when the first trailer dropped and I was like man, bet you're stoked. And she's like, I can't wait to watch it. And now I'm like, I'm too afraid to talk to her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. So this is an interesting conversation because we'll get to the end, obviously, um, and I'll – We'll maybe readjust some scores here because I feel like I'm (laughs) – That's the whole point. I know. Yeah. But I'm feeling weird about the whole thing. Um, See, I know – Oh, sorry, Chris. What's up, Chris? I know nothing about (laughs) Marilyn's life, really. Mm. I – you know, I know a couple of her films. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah. She is, you know, not an enigma, but she's just this thing that exists. Just a figure. You know the picture of her with the culture. dress blowing up and, you yeah, know, yeah. like you don't know her as a person, you don't know her symbol, character, yeah. her personality. Mm. So going in with that misguided concept of it being a biography, yeah. it took a while to settle in. But it was interesting because not knowing her life, you are constantly introduced to these people without them being introduced. These two gentlemen, yeah. she begins a tryst with. Which yep. is yep. one of the most heavily fictionalised parts of the film, that That's she it. never had a tryst with Charlie Chaplin Jr. and Edward G. Robinson Jr. That stuff's completely... Like, yeah. they knew each other, maybe, but, like, that that whole sexual awakening part has really oh, upset but she, people. Her and Charlie Chaplin's son were... Romantically involved, weren't they, at a point? As far as I know, no. Maybe there's rumours of that, but that's the thing that a lot of people are pushing back on because ah. it's like that whole thing. I read something this morning that was like... Interesting. Yeah, but that means the internet... What are you going to believe? Be yeah. As far as yeah. I know it, that stuff is the stuff that people are the most like, well, that never happened. Yeah, and okay. it's like, well, a lot of this never happened. But sorry, Chris, I interrupted you. Yeah. I don't know, it just as a, as a viewer, as a 
outsider to her life, it seemed to be like a recurring theme. These two gentlemen appeared, they weren't, you know, I don't know who they are. They, well, they weren't to be... introduced by name, so to speak. Even her father's picture on the wall, he wasn't allowed to be named. I don't know who that is. Mm. Even the mm. baseball player, yeah. I don't believe he was introduced by Joe DiMaggio, they never say his name. No, because in the credits, it's baseball player or yeah. retired oh, athlete. Right. Yes. But it is, yeah. it's meant to be Joe DiMaggio. They do the actually right. say Arthur Miller in Arthur the film Miller, yeah. at one point because they're like, Arthur Miller and Marilyn Monroe will be married. Yes. You know, it's like, okay. I think Adrian Brody's fantastic in this movie, He's I want to say. Good. But yeah. so yeah. that's just jumping in there. Bobby Cannavale gets just, nothing to do. Okay. Yeah, but it's just a theme. Constantly, there's just people men. coming. Yeah. Yeah. Men come in yeah. without introduction Truly. to you. And so it's, it, you know, not put you in her shoes in a certain speed, but you're like, mm. he's just a new person, yes. a new man. It's a new, d- and they're he's all like, used to this. I think all... that was beyond the point, though. I don't think that they needed to name and shame. No. That's not yeah. what this was. And what did they, she called them all, they're all daddy. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's, that's which is not, again, like Speaks. this deep thing. It's like, yeah, she's constantly getting these letters from her father who she never knew and all this sort of stuff. But yeah. yes, they're all this replacement figure for what she, she doesn't necessarily get. I don't think it's a, particularly deep movie. Like, I don't think this is a film that I'd be like, wow, there's so many layers to this. You guys saying it's one note, I'm 100% with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all on the surface. how miserable was this existence that this uh, person lived? And I don't blame anyone for the reactions they've but had again, to this movie. Yeah, this is why I'm, is I'm unsure how I feel because I wanted it to cover her films and yeah. the, the accomplishments that she actually made. Mm. I wanted to see more of that. And I guess that's... That's everyone's gripe with it. And I feel contradictory because when we talked about Elvis, I said that was something I was disappointed in that movie where his film career was brushed over in 10 seconds. I think it covered it more here with Marilyn and especially just the recreation of so many of those shots. Mm. Again, I just, when she's singing um, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Shot for shot. And I want to be, you're just like, that's actually Marilyn Monroe. It's I, yeah. I know that's so trite to say, but you're looking at it and it's, it's bewildering how yeah, yeah. good she is. I think Anna's perfect. Something I want to say that I'm glad hasn't come up in our conversation, but I will mention it, is a hurdle that I think anyone who wants to enjoy this movie or at least take it on face value has to overcome, and we all seem to have very quickly, is Anna Darmus is not really nailing the accent. And it doesn't really matter because oh, I think oh she's yeah. Yeah. I think she's exuding Marilyn so much that after just the first couple of minutes, you're like, right, that's what she's going to sound like. I think like, it's a credit whatever. to her, though. She's got a yes. strong accent. She so does. the fact that, like, 98% of it's Marilyn mm-hmm. and you've got that 2% bleed through of her yeah. natural tone. Well, apparently she... Like, kudos to her. Yeah, but apparently they had to ADR the whole thing. The first release, the audience were like, oh, my God, she's... Not well, American. She's, she's Cuban. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they were like, so they had to like redo a heap of scenes. ADR. And to yep. me, I'm just like, it's more about the the energy. It's more about the ambience she's giving than does that sound like Marilyn? And, I, and it yeah. didn't really bother me. But I, is that our Marilyn in our head watching absolutely. the film? Like you're putting that on she's, in the film, like yes. in your day to day life. Are you still are Marilyn? Because oh, I it drove me insane. The breathy voice. I was like, shut up. Talk normally. You didn't enjoy it. It just bugged me so... Because, again, the film's one note. Her voice is one note. Like... Yeah. And then she's a singer. So she obviously has vocal control. Not under the arms. Marilyn. Mm -hmm. Like, just talk normally, honestly. Stop using the wispy voice. But that's a sign of the time. She's playing to... But... to the public, in public, sure. Yeah, yeah. But when oh, she's with the others sure, as well. Sure. Yeah. So she never drops Even in her it, personal which life. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah, which you know? is crazy. Yeah. And I get it. It might be a thing that, you know, well, there's, there's reasoning why because she was always in character or mm-hmm. whatever. I don't care. As an audience member, I was like, oh, I'm just sick of that sound. <laughs> sure. It does tie back to that monologue in her head when she's with JFK. 
it's just a couple of minutes. This is a dream. I wake up from this dream. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so she is, you know, yeah. that. But when's it going to break? When's she going to, yeah, like. It just never, never clicks. Mm. I, um, I have an observation to make that I finished the movie and I, like, sat there staring at the screen in silence for a while and then I, I went in and chatted with uh, Kath and I said, I have a hot take on this film because I'm a genius. <laughs> and she's like, all right, go oh, on. God. And I'm like. Kanye West here. I know, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a horror movie. And she's like, what? And I'm like, and I was like, the way that it's like shot, the way that it puts you in this person's perspective takes away their ability to deal with the just never ending trepidations around them. The scene where she wakes up in bed after she's been with JFK, black and white, like night photography, and there's a man just pushed up against the wall. And she's like walking through the house looking for people. And she looks out her window and she goes back to bed. All these moments, the moments where she's running from the abortion uh, clinicians through the hospital and there's the burning building, the moments where she hears the phone ringing and she shoves it into the drawer or when, you know, she, all these in, and the abortion scenes themselves, which are horrific. And, and I was like, this is what this movie is. And I went online and that's, everyone knows that. <laughs> like it's, every hot take online is people being like, this is a horror movie. It's not it's a horror like, like, okay. It's almost like the follow-up to Midsummer or um, Hereditary. <laughs> it is. And that's actually, that's such a good point that this is kind of got that midsummer vibe where this person is put in a position where they have no control. The difference being yeah. that midsummer has that, and I won't spoil a second thing now, but I'll just say <laughs> has an uplifting moment of agency for that character. Yep. Whereas Marilyn ends with that very haunting thing. I want to talk about two movies real quick. It reminded me of, and then I'm going to let you guys do what you yeah, got to yeah, do. Yeah, you got time. Yeah. Moving. Still um, a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you guys ever see Last Days? Nope. nope. It's a movie by Gus Van Sant, uh, and it's got. Uh, oh my gosh nope I uh, can't remember his name in it Michael Pitt just remembered cool. and it's the fictionalised version of the last days of Kurt Cobain oh, yeah. okay and there's a scene at the end of that which I found really interesting where Kurt's you know obviously died and you see as his body's on the ground his spirit just climb out of his body and climb up a wall and go and I was not I was reminded of that so much at the end where Anna's in bed and she's dead. And then just while her body's still there, you see that overlay of her spirit, like hugging the pillow and smiling up at the camera, which I found very haunting. Mm. I thought it was a really sort of tragic but lovely representation of, I don't know, how she found peace in death? Is there some degree to which this version of herself who we find smiling and engaging with us at the camera is the version we always wanted? You know, we just wanted her happy. So she's finally, you know, in that state. You know, I, I was really reminded of those similar films uh, and especially in the way that Last Days is incredibly fictionalised version of how Kurt Cobain died. But it's just still trying to put you in that mind state of a guy at his you know, rope's end or at the end of his tether. And the other movie it reminded me a lot of was Mulholland Drive, which is not shocking because Andrew Dominic loves David Lynch and talks about it repeatedly. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. you guys have seen Mulholland Drive. Yep. Chris, very, very wonderful movie from 2000, I think. And there are so many scenes that overlap. You've got Naomi Watts' audition when she goes in to read the scene and she gives that really powerful reading of it and everyone's just kind of like, yeah, that was really good and some people are a bit dismissive. Same with Marilyn when she's doing that first audition for Garrett Dillahunt mm -hmm. and she nails it and they're like, well, she's not an actress, she's like a psycho. It's <laughs> like interesting though, that scene was interesting because the guy the guy reading opposite her yeah. in the film, after him and Marilyn do this reading yeah. together, 
he's the only one that registers as that was. Well, he, he registers that it was powerful, but he registers. Then she leaves, and he goes, "She's not an actress; she's unstable." And that's it. and it's kind of like he can't yeah. deal with the fact that her true emotions have come to the fore there. So it's almost yeah. like he's been shaken Sometimes by that. Sometimes too. And then, yeah, the, and then Garrett Dillahunt, which is a bit on the nose, but him standing in the door and they're like, why did you think, boss? And he's like, that girl's got quite an ass on her. And so you're like, all right, <laughs> yeah. well, cool. It's not very subtle. <laughs> it's, not, it's never subtle, the Why does she movie. get famous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. How she looks. Yes. Very good. The montage of her doing the um, pin-up photos and stuff like that in between her as a child and that is so well shot. It's beautiful. I think it's a gorgeous movie. The shots of um, the, yep, the shots of the cinema where uh, everyone has watched the film and they stand up and they clap in speed up motion. Again, it's a horror movie, all these things. I think the ending's really stupid. I think the reveal about the letters <laughs> from Cass is really dumb. I, I was like, what? <laughs> like, who cares? It's, <laughs> it's just more trauma. Yes. Like, it's it making it worse. Yes. Yeah. It was, yeah. But it was like a film doing it and turning and being like, so that was the twist. And you're like, there didn't need it to be a twist. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I'm that, already hurting. That, that, that was her last tether yes. to reality. It, it definitely holds thematically that that was it. She needed her daddy and that was all she had. I, I hated it, but I get what you mean. Like yeah, it's yeah. the moment that's meant to lie there. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up. Let's, um, let's discuss the score. So initially, uh, Tom, you were sitting at a seven? Seven, seven and a half. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd move from that because. Okay. Yeah. No, well, you just talked to yourself. Frank, back did we, in a circle. I was. Did we <laughs> actually get your score initially. I said three and a half. You said three and a half. Okay. I'll I'll bump up to four point two six. Sure. Yeah. Like, okay. Talking about the 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 visuals of it. Yes. You know what? It is stunning, and that yeah. redeems. It's still a, a hate though. You're still. In the oh, I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah. No. 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 For sure. I think I might. You'd watch it again for her performance. And it's, the visuals. It's amazing. Both. Yes. Yeah. Anna is incredible. Yeah. I don't think we talked enough about her. Um, and it's rough that she, I mean, she probably won't win the Oscar, which, again, we've spoken about this oh. a few times, Oscars and how annoying they are. Uh, that's a performance that's definitely worthy of best actress. I have 30 Absolutely. seconds on that at the end. But you guys go. <sighs> no, uh, no, do it now because we got quick, more to Don't do. you want to say all right, where all right, you're all right. at with yours? Um, so initially I was a, what did I say? 4.5. 4.5. Yeah. Bumped it up to a 5. Yep. Uh, still within the hate region. I think after the discussion, um, I want to go to whatever the bare minimum is, mind you. Um, let's <laughs> bump it to a six. six. Okay. And I'm going to say that I do technically love the film. So we Would I watch it again? No. Okay. We're, so we're counting that as Marcus throwing, throwing in the power. Absolutely throw in the threw power. in the power. Throw in the power. There it is. Uh, we still have our other bit that we can really quickly breeze through, which is... What did you? What would you say you just liked most about it? Then, if you're if you're on the side of when you came into this, disliked it. What did you like? Disliked about it, it, but what did you like the most? Uh, Anna Diarmas performance. Yes. Can, is, can it just be one? It can <laughs> just be one if you want. Yeah. Anna Performances on the whole. Performances Good acting. On the whole. Yes, I think it was a great cast. Uh, Marcus. Um, because I've bumped up to the, the love column. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that I I hated the pacing. I hated the. Um, the very one-tone message, and we have clearly established that. It was like, okay, like from the start I was like, okay, I get it. And then halfway through I was like, okay, I get it. And then it kept going and You're by the end I was like, horse. I'm just exhausted. Beating six dead horses. I was tired from the end of the film. Yes. Okay. Um, and I just can't watch another film like that. Like, uh, you know, kudos to everyone involved. Well done. I get what you're going for. That's it. That's it from me. I think this is a stronger movie with a more deep thematic point to make and 
you guys are totally right when it's just like, look at what we do to celebrities, look at the way that fame corrupts in a horrific, visceral way. Mm. It's like that is compelling visually enough to get me along, but I don't I don't come away from it with anything to be able to be like, wow, there's some intellectual. I'd sooner watch three hours of Ricky Gervais tearing the Oscars apart like he did. I think it's interesting <laughs> you make that comparison because I think some of the reason people hate Ricky as well, on a similar level to this movie by Andrew yep. Dominic, is the smugness with Ricky. Like yep. Ricky's you know, screw you all, you, you bad people, and now I'm going to go and be part of the elite as well. Yeah, like yeah, look, go back it. to my mansion and now. Yes, yeah. and Andrew Dominic's <laughs> like, look at what we do to women and look at what we do to celebrities and look at what I'm doing to this woman to make this movie. And it's yeah. like, yeah, the layers yeah. here are really complex. Yeah. The music in this movie is beautiful. I, we did say, but it is beautiful. The Oscars are not going to give this movie anything, which I think is a shame. Should at least give it cinematography. I think as cinematography, it won't, because I think most of the branches are going to watch the first twenty minutes. And what's well, like a Netflix say, direct release, right? Which now. Is, are, they, are they taking? They that still. Into I mean, yeah, Power of Power of the Dog oh, got okay, so much well, stuff last year. So Netflix is still on the top of things like that. Yep. But I don't think it's going to. I think Under Armas is in a very loaded field. You've got Kate Blanchett and Tar that's coming out soon. You've got Michelle Williams in The Fablemans. You've got Olivia Coleman in. Empire of Light, mm. you've got uh, a handful of other actresses that are coming into the field. These so, are movies Tom, that are anyway, come, oh come out you said you loved the film. What did you hate about it? <laughs> I just said the thematic, like the fact oh, that it was too thematic. Okay, that was that clearly established. That's that was your my point. Yeah. But my, <laughs> my 30-second bit about the Oscars. <laughs> it's been eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> my several 30-second bits about the Oscars. Arna Darmus is not going to get nominated. She should. God. Great. And Actually, one more thing. Wraps no, up. I'm done. No, I'm done. Cut the mic. I was kidding. Uh, yes, likes uh, Anna. It's hard to go. Of course. It's hard to go past her. Um, yeah, as you said before, without her, there is no film. Mm. It, you know, it doesn't have mm. a, a storyline, so to speak. Um, dislikes. I'm going to have to go against Tom here and say the cinematography, the the the, 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 the bag around. of tricks. They used everything: black and white, color, slow mo, sped up, cameras strapped to. Uh, people running through things mm. to get that, you know, fixed on person look. Yeah. Uh, cameras strapped to chests of drawers when they slide the drawer in and the camera moves, internal body shots. Stuff just kept taking me out of the film. Yeah. And I couldn't just sit and yeah. watch. I was kept kept thinking, oh, look, they're, they're doing a thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. And I think the more... Watch a thing I can do. <laughs> the more... <laughs> do less. Do you're less. invested in a film the more the visual aspects work for you and the more it starts. I totally see where you're coming from, where it's just like, if you're not enjoying it, those things are just going to be like pyrotechnics. It's I like, you're not to, convincing though. me yeah, of to. like, and it, it like distanced yeah. it for you. I get that. Yeah, yeah. I loved it, but I get that. Cool. All right. I think well, we did it. Well that's, established. That only took us two and, and a half hours. We, we came in just under the length of the movie. <laughs> you're talking about it. <laughs> we I think, it I think we've established that if you do like Marilyn Monroe, don't watch this film. And this if you don't, and if you love film in general, give it a watch. If you enjoy you horror think. movies, well-made film, gorgeous cinematography, music and acting, I think it's a good movie, but it is brutal. Nice. All right. All right. I've been Frank. I've been Marcus. I've been Frank as well, but my name is Tom. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I've been Chris this time. All righty, and that's been Throwing the Power. Throwing the Power. Throwing the Power. Throwing the Power.